This is Dr. Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries Podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, when you have it, say amen. And it reads thusly, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. But by love, serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Verse 14 is our text of emphasis. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Which I'll read that with me. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Read the book, y'all. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thy... Just one more time for the Holy Ghost. Thou shalt... Now you're accountable for it because you just read it. And you just repeated it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Today, I want to talk to you from the series, Be Kind, a message entitled, simply, Love Thy Neighbor. Love thy neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, gotta love you. No, they didn't hear you. Find somebody else and say, hey, over there. Jesus told me to love you. Point your finger so get somebody's attention and say, I'm talking to you. I got a word from the Lord. He told me to love you. Lord, bless this witness. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. You are my God, my strength and my redeemer. Here's my mind. Think through it. Here's my mouth. Speak through it. Here's my body. Give strength to it. And at the end of this moment, let someone declare that I've heard from heaven. And I've met with God, and now I must know what to do. Father, thank you for clarity of thought, precision of speech, and that your word goes forth as a mighty-edged sword, cutting to and fro. Thank you that deliverance takes place today. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Amen. Love thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. That's what the Bible says. Love thy neighbor. One of the many benefits of salvation is that we have been made free. And we are free because Christ has made us free. Is there anybody glad that you are free? No, for real, for real, are you glad that you are free in Christ this freedom has been completely purchased and paid for by our Lord Jesus he has redeemed us from the hand of the enemy freedom is one of the greatest assets that a person can possess somebody shout I am free 
Malcolm X said it like this. A man who believes in freedom will do anything under the sun to acquire and to preserve his freedom. John 8 and 36 says it this way. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Jesus Christ provided for us spiritual freedom, mental freedom, emotional freedom, and even natural freedom if you properly apply it. Somebody once again say, I am free. However, so many people misinterpret this freedom and they believe that this freedom means I am free to live however I want and do whatever I like. You ain't that free. It's important that we're understanding freedom. Now, freedom doesn't mean anything to someone who's never been bound. This generation, we fight and talk about slavery and we fight and talk about and protest and march about those who came over through the transatlantic slave trade and we talk about those who was put uh, in ships and brought over from Africa and we, 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 we see the pictures and we hear the stories but we really don't understand what that kind of bondage really means. We don't like it when we see it and we don't want to hear about it but we really have never experienced that kind of bondage on that level. So when you talk about freedom to a slave, it means something totally different. Some of you have experienced spiritual bondage. And so to be bound by the powers of Satan is quite uh, uh, significant in your life when you go through the, the day and go through the week and go through the months and you week by week are experiencing the spiritual torment and torture and you know there's nothing but spirits and demons and devils and imps that's on your track. To get spiritual liberation is the greatest thing that could ever happen in your heart. Somebody say free. But what happens oftentimes is when we obtain freedom, however we obtain it, sometimes we can misinterpret it. We believe that we're free to do whatever goes, whatever we feel like it. Can I emphatically say to each of you today that the text that I read to you in John 8, that whom the Son has made free is free indeed, it does not say, as some would suggest or even misquote the scripture, it does not say when the Son set you free. It says when the Son make you free. <laughs> this misquote makes it very different because he didn't set us free and just open up the gates and let us just run out however we want and go wherever we want sometimes we feel like that God has just opened up our prison and just loosed us and let us just roam free to do whatever no brothers and sisters I'm going to say something to you and maybe it may strangle that demon that's been messing with you on the inside of you I must make it emphatically clear that we are not free from Christ we are free in Christ I think they missed that part uh-huh uh, brother Tarek because there's some people that believe that they are free to do whatever they want they're big and bad enough to do it they do it because they free they do it because they have been liberated but you are only watch this y'all liberated based upon your liberator 
is the one that free you is the one that you become indebted to lord help us so the truth is you're always indebted to somebody you're always submitted to someone the question is who are you surrendered or submitted to should be based upon who liberated you look at your neighbor and say who freed you who freed you who freed you if christ have freed you you're not free from him you're free in him <laughs> that's why in him we live in him we move and in him we have our being this polar distinction uh, from the other draws a line of demarcation of those who are just roaming as wild asses I know what I said from those who understand the borders and the parameters of sanctification I can't get no sanctified folks in here to holler back at me, but I'm going to keep preaching. Unfortunately, our freedom has been misunderstood uh, as a liberation to live, talk, behave, and function however you want. To do what's right in your own eyes. To operate in ways that pleases yourself and satisfies your own desires. Will y'all help me preach? Turn to somebody and tell them you ain't that free. I must remind you that we have been redeemed. Somebody say redeemed. The word redeemed is a word that is a transaction or is a transaction that occurred. And this transaction means that we were initially in the possession of God, but our sins caused us to be under the ownership of Satan. Are you, are you with me? We were initially in the possession of God, but our sin caused us to be in possession of Satan in his storehouse. What happened then was that the efficacious blood of Jesus that was paid for us at Calvary, repurchased us. God, thank you. He literally snatched us out of the hands of the enemy and purchased us with his own blood. He redeemed you. He repurchased your soul. This transaction has now placed you under his ownership. You don't simply care for yourself. He cares for you. And I think you would want it that way. It immediately placed us under the loving care of the one that paid the price for us. We are free, but we are only free in him. That means we're limited to the boundaries that he has set. We are bound to the guidelines and the parameters that he has placed in our lives. We are free to the limits that his freedom allows us to go. There is a limit to his boundaries, ladies and gentlemen. I know y'all don't want to hear that. I know y'all don't like that. But there is a standard and a practice of restricted rules that should guide you in how you should live. This generation don't like restrictions. We don't like rules. We don't like boundaries. That's why some of y'all relationships are jacked up right now. Because there are no boundaries. Uh-oh, I'm getting in trouble, but I love this job. <laughs> With him, there are boundaries. There are parameters. But those boundaries exist not to limit your freedom. They exist to prevent you from being entangled again in the yoke of bondage. <laughs> unfortunately because the lines have been blurred in our faith brother michael house we've got too many entanglements 
Oh, y'all don't understand. Y'all, y'all looking at me like y'all ain't got no entanglement. Some of y'all entangled right now. Don't look at Jada. Some of y'all are entangled right now because you have blurred the lines of his boundaries. Entanglements. If I can peradventure to say this, I'm almost through. We have abused our freedom. Mm. We've abused it, Pastor Moore. We assumed that our freedom was self-obtained. Therefore, we've convinced ourselves that it can be self-maintained. But if Christ made you free, then only Christ can keep you free. I wish I could talk like I'm talking the way I'm talking. Therefore, Christ, who purchased freedom for us, can be the only one who defines freedom. You cannot define Christ's freedom with your Google account. You cannot define Christ's freedom with your dictionary. You got to define it the way he defines it. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, so the benefits is that we are free in Christ. And that freedom in Christ affords us benefits. Because we are free in him, we have the benefit of eternal life. Isn't that good news? Because we are free in Christ, we therefore have liberty. Because we are free in Christ, we therefore don't have to worry and we don't have to stress. Why? Because I'm free in Christ. See, some of you say, no, I'm free to go to the party. I'm free to go to the club. No, I'm free not to worry about who I'm laying next to in the morning. I'm free that I don't have to stress out about a hangover. Look how some of y'all looking at me. I'm free because I don't have to stress over that somebody's slipping a Mickey in my drink. If I ain't got a drink, I may not have a Mickey. Look at y'all looking. I'm trying to tell you when you're really free, there's some things you ain't got to worry about. Some things you ain't got to stress over. Provision is already provided for you. Protection is already given to you. That's good news, ladies and gentlemen. Freedom in Christ is a stress-free world. <laughs> he takes care of his own. When you're free in Christ, hallelujah, you're therefore healed by his stripes. When you're free in Christ, you get to have peace with God. Isn't that wonderful? When you're free in Christ, all things are passed away. And behold, all things are made new. When you're free in Christ, I don't have to stress, worry. I don't have to knock myself upside the head. All I have to do is take it to the Lord in prayer because I'm free in him. Somebody shout free in him. Freedom in Christ means I'm no longer bound by the power of Satan. I am delivered. I am made free. So then you may ask this question, Dr. Shaw, Bishop Designate, man of God, or whatever you like to call me. What should we use our freedom for? The text here in Galatians chapter 5 tells us what we should use our freedom for. Our liberty and our freedom should be used to serve. The scripture says we ought not use our liberty for the occasion of the flesh. <laughs> Which means your liberty is not to be used to please your flesh. Y'all don't like this preaching, but I love it. But by love, serve one another. What Paul is teaching here at the church of Galatia, he is saying that our freedom is to be used as an opportunity to serve each other. Your freedom really, ladies and gentlemen, isn't, isn't even for you. Your freedom is for other people. No, y'all got to read your Bible. Freedom is not even for you. Real Christ's freedom is for others. 
They don't preach this. They don't say this. Freedom is not so I can feel good about me. Freedom in Christ is so I can make you feel better about you. I'm talking about Christ's freedom, not the freedom that this world gives, not the freedom that society gives, not the freedom that you found on TikTok and Instagram. I'm talking about the Christ kind of freedom. He's saying that you're free to, by love, serve one another. <laughs> oh, your freedom actually gives you a benefit because your freedom in Christ brings you into awareness, watch this, Elder D, of your purpose to humanity. Freedom in Christ brings you into an epiphany to know why you're here. Selfishness. God, I hate that demon. Selfishness has a way of blinding you to your purpose. You can't see who you are. You can't see what you're called to do. And you certainly can't see to whom you are called to. Because you're too selfish. There's so many people that's living in this world that are blind by selfishness. They have a false sense of freedom that they don't even realize that their blindness has obstructed their ability to see the reason for their existence. But Paul says here, use your freedom to serve one another by love. This statement can only mean that we are free to serve. Point your finger at your neighbor and say, I'm free to serve you. <laughs> ever gone to a restaurant and sat at the table and looked over the menu and then all of a sudden you're trying to wonder and figure out who's the waiter and the waitress that come to your table come on good hospitality and, and, and restaurant etiquette is that a, a customer or client is not supposed to sit at the table any longer than two minutes before somebody approaches their table and ask them if they want water did somebody help you or something would you like hors d'oeuvres or something and within two minutes of you sitting down somebody should come to your table that's good hospitality and restaurant etiquette brothers and Sisters, ladies and gentlemen, it's disturbing to go to a restaurant and sit down and nobody shows up. Nobody comes to see about you. I mean, can I get some water with ice in it? Can I, can I get something? Can I get a menu or something? Can I get something? Watch this. And when someone comes over to the table, they, they, they usually, if they have good manners, would apologize for you waiting so long and will ask you, how can I serve you? Because now I'm free to serve. The question I have for many of you is this. Who's waiting at the table of life waiting for you to be free to serve? You've got a whole generation waiting for you to be free to serve. You talk about you want a ministry and a business, but you're too busy because you're bound by busyness. But God wants you to be free to serve. <laughs> oh God let me say it like this uh, uh, Deacon Michael Lass if you say I'm talking if you're not serving it may indicate you're not free and could it be ladies and gentlemen that that's why we cannot get some people to serve in church it's because not because they don't want to but they're not free enough to you're not free to serve ladies and gentlemen you gotta be free ain't nothing like somebody trying to serve and they bound and they restricted and they limited helping to preach to your neighbor and say hey neighbor God wants you free so you can serve uh, and if you're not serving you're telling us you're not free you're bound. Think about most people who don't serve, Brother Tarek. It can be because of a fear of, failing, fear of failure. If you fear failing, you're not free. You're bound. 
Maybe because they are fearful of what others may say or what others may think. You know what that means? You're not free. You're bound. Maybe you feel like you can't serve because you are inadequate and you have inadequacies. So you know what that means? You're not free. You're bound. <laughs> Maybe they say, I don't, I don't, I'm just, I don't have time. I want to serve, but I just don't have time to serve. You know what you're saying? That you're bound by your calendar and your clock. You're not free. You're bound by busyness. Maybe you say, I, I would serve, but I just can't afford it. I just can't afford it. And sometimes finances can bind you from being free to serve. I'm tired of asking my bank account if I can obey God. I wish I could talk like I'm talking the way I'm talking to you. I said, I'm coming to a day. I wish I could prophesy to 17 screamers. I'm coming to a day that I don't have to ask my checking or my savings if I can obey the Lord. If I just want to sow a thousand dollars because I feel the pressure of the Lord, I want to just sow it and not even blink about it. Come on here. I want to be free to serve. I want my money to even serve God. These George Washingtons, come on here. These Ben Franklins, you're going to serve them if you're in my wallet make your money serve them the only reason why some won't serve is because somewhere in their mind somewhere in their heart somewhere in their life they're not free that's why you won't serve to add a direct clarity to this thought I'm almost sir. in the next verse Paul says that the whole law is fulfilled in this one word. Now, for Paul to say this is quite a distinctive statement because Paul was a studier of the law. When he was Saul, he actually crucified Christians because they were breaking the Mosaic law. And it seemed as if they was going after another God. He was so in tuned with the law. He's a, of the tribe of Benjamin. So he, 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 he was of the Sanhedrin court. He was an attorney. He was a lawyer. He knew the law backwards and forwards. So for him to summarize the law in one statement is a big deal. He's setting precedents and putting the entire law, all 613 commandments, he's summarizing it in one statement. Here it is, which is this, that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. Wait a minute. It would indicate then to me, Mother Enda Massey, that Paul, the apostle, is summarizing the whole Bible in one statement. And the Bible can be summarized in this one statement. To love thy neighbor. Y'all trying to preach and prophesy. The whole Bible can be summed up in one word. Calvary, 40, come on here, 40 years in the wilderness. It all can be summed up in one word. Love thy neighbor as thyself. So then therefore, serving is what we do, but the reason why we do it is because of love. I said serving is what we do, but the reason why I do it is because of love. Love is the reason we serve one another. When one lacks service, then not only do we lack freedom, but we also lack love. So some people don't serve because they're not free, but the root of that is they lack love. <laughs> we can only deduce then that freedom grants us access to love and then that love motivates us to serve. 
Love becomes the henchpin. I'm almost through. Verse 14 says that we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves. That word there, as, is the conjunction word that means in like manner or in the same way. Brothers and sisters, this speaks volumes to us. That the reason why some people are not kind or do not love others is because they don't truly love themselves. Can I say that again? The reason why some people are not kind and they find it difficult to love others is because truly they don't love themselves. The scripture tells us to love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if you don't love you, there's no way in the world you could possibly ever love me. <laughs> oh God, look at your neighbor, help me preach and say the reason why you're acting like that is because you don't like you. You don't love you. You don't like to be around you. So you're treating me like you treat yourself your conversation is telling us how you feel about yourself the fact that you can compliment me and tell me that I'm cute or pretty today is because you don't feel you're cute you don't feel you're pretty the reason why you can't clap at my success is because you feel like a failure you feel like you don't have success you only treat me because I am the mirror of how you see you. You don't love you. So it's challenging for you to love anybody else. <laughs> oh God, I gotta move further. How then, Elder Dale, can we teach people to love themselves? There is the challenge, Pastor Moore. You got to help me. How can we teach tra and train people how to love themselves? But I've discovered this, Yasmin, that it's not by giving them a makeover and dressing them up. Because I see a lot of dressed up folks that's still suicidal. You can have on red bottoms and still want to blow your brains out. You can have, come on here, y'all. You can have on the fancy clothes and still not like you. It's not just giving them a makeover. It's not even by giving them affirmations to speak over their life. And I love a good affirmation. I love a good declaration. Come on here. That stuff is good. Especially when you get it from the scriptures. I love affirmation. But here's the thing about affirmation. If the heart don't believe what the mouth is saying. It interprets as a lie. They don't believe it. I can call you pretty every day. But if you think you ugly. My words are not going to change one hill of beans in your life. I found out that affirmations are good. Dress-ups are good. But that's not how you teach people to love themselves. It's not even by telling them that you love them. Because you can tell some people you love them and they still feel like you're not in love with them. And they'll tell you, you don't love me. You ever, you ever wanted to look at somebody and say, what's wrong with you? I keep telling you and showing you that I love you. What else do you want from, oh my God, I got to get out of here, y'all. But y'all remember the story of Hannah? 
when she wanted a male child and she wanted to get pregnant the bible says that her husband Elkanah gave her a double portion he gave her a he gave her more than he did Penina he gave her the wife he gave her double portion he, she had more money more clothes more experience and more access and she still wasn't happy I preached a message a couple of months ago called when a working man won't do because sometimes you could have a baller and a shot caller but if you're not happy with yourself it means absolutely nothing you could be walking with the best clothes on walking in drip y'all ain't saying nothing and still not be happy it is not because somebody told you that they love because if you don't feel loved no matter what people say to you it doesn't make a difference my challenge is how do you get people to feel love for themselves is the answer is the answer ladies and gentlemen the only way to get an individual to love themselves is by getting that individual to experience the transformative love of god in the way that their heart is completely turned out ladies and gentlemen psalm 16 verse 11 says in the presence of the lord there is the fullness of joy and at his right hand there are pleasures i don't need a vacation I don't need another mink coat. I don't need a big house. I don't need a makeover. I need to get in the presence of God, the lover of my soul, and he, through his love, will transform me and teach me to love me. We're trying to get them to the store. We need to get them to the presence. We're trying to get them to a life coach, and I like them. But we need to get them to the presence. We're trying to get them to therapy, and I think you should go there too. But first of all, let's get to his presence. If we get to the presence of the Lord, that's where the fullness of joy, that's where pleasures are forevermore. There is nothing more full and pleasant than to love yourself because you know how much God loves you. I lay hands on yourself and say, I know how much he loves me. I realize how much he loves me. I'm trying to preach, but I'm about to cry, y'all. Because when I start thinking about the love of God, see, y'all get excited when you think of the goodness. But I can think of something better than his goodness. His love, his love is better than life. He didn't kill me when I deserved death. He had mercy upon me. He died for I lay hands and say, but he loves me. I'm jacked up and tore up from the floor, but he loves me. I make more mistakes than I can remember, but he loves me. He should have kicked me to the curb a long time ago, but he loves me. And that love, that love declares to me that I am worthy of love. He thought I was to die for. Then I, 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 I learned to love me. Because I learned his love for me. Oh, God. When you experience the love of God, I'm almost through. Overwhelming love and peace that passes all understanding uh, will keep your heart and your mind. It, get it gets rid of all kinds of inadequacies and stuff. Oh, Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, if one never loves themselves, they can never love anybody else. Therefore, they can never fulfill the required law. Your life is unfulfilled due to the lack of love. Watch this. Not only seeking to be loved, but experiencing love from God 
and then expressing that love. Okay, all right. I, I got to work that one slow. What we often see from people is that they are begging for love instead of experiencing his love and then turning around and expressing that love. We're begging for love. Okay, so there are some people that I can't be in relationship with because you're too needy. You're so busy begging for love that you haven't experienced his love. Therefore, you don't know how to express love to others. What I'm trying to get to you here is that we have to more concentrate on being love distributors than love recipients. If we concentrate on being love distributors, then love recipients, watch this, and if Sister Sheila, if everybody would do it, then all of us would have it. Oh, no, did y'all get it? I said if all of us just experience his love and then express it to everybody else, then everybody would automatically get it. All I got to do is experience his love and then express that love. I then become the conduit. I get a download from God and I push it out to you. I get a download from God and then I give it unto you. So I don't ever have to worry about receiving it because I've already experienced it. When you experience it and distribute it and if everybody would do it then all of us would be loved look at your neighbor and say if all of us do it then all of us would have it we would all feel love if all of us love that's why you got to get out of some of your circles because you're around needy people who only want to get it and never want to express it oh god help us hallelujah some of you may be asking, but what about me? What about me? What about the love I get? Check it out. If you get around some people who are mature enough, who are not insecure, they would express love to you and you never even have to ask for it. We serve one another, preach John, by love. We serve one another by love. The things you do for yourself you should do for others. God, it got quiet in this church. That's what the book says. The way you treat yourself is the way you should treat other people. If you honor yourself, you should honor other people. Don't hoard your freedom and certainly don't hoard your love for God. It is designed to be shared. The whole law, the whole thing is summed up and wrapped up in this one statement that if we love God, we should also love our neighbor. Uh, the Bible gives us clear distinction. Can I call the book? Come on, somebody write this down in the chats and the comments online. Mark 12, 31. Mark 12, 31. Where am I going? Mark 12, 31. And it says, and the second is like namely this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself and there is none other commandment greater than these uh, Leviticus 19.18 write it down Leviticus 19.18 uh, abbreviated L-E-V 19.18 it says thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself I am the Lord 
word. Matthew 22 and 36, beginning at verse 36, Matthew 22, 36 says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Y'all still here? This is the first and the great commandment. But the second is likened unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. I like that there, Elder Heard, because it says that the, even the prophets are hung up by this term to love your neighbor as you love yourself, which then means you can't even prophesy if you don't love me. Can I call out some of these witches and demons y'all watch on Facebook? How in the world can you want me to sow in your cash app and you don't even love me? How can you want to prophesy to me but you don't even love me? How is it that you want to minister to people that you do not even love? Love becomes the motivator by which you do what you do. Turn to somebody and say, neighbor, you got to love me. You got to love me. Romans 13 and 8 I'm closing it says oh no man anything Romans 13 8 oh no man anything but to love one another for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law in other words you're obeying the bible when you love one another come here James chapter number 2 verse number 8 James 2 and 8 says it like this if you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself then you do well James 2 and 8 says that this is the royal law y'all can't go to crown ministries and not abide by the royal law the royal law is to love thy neighbor as you love yourself I gotta close but John 1 John 4 21 I said 1 John 4 21 first john 4 and 21 it says and this commandment have we from him that he who loveth god must also love his brother which means sister deidre that if you really love god you also gotta love other people and if you don't love other people then you really don't even love god i know some of y'all may be wondering well then who is my neighbor like we explained to you last week your neighbors not just your family your friends it's anyone that's around you it's anybody that's near you matter of fact the word neighbor in this text is the word plesion the word plesion is where we get the word placement from which means anybody around your placements is your neighbor your next door neighbor your co-worker the person sitting next to you on the bus or the train that's your neighbor right here in the church look at your neighbor and say neighbor you are my neighbor so we got to love one another y'all don't look at me like that you don't have to know them but you certainly gotta love them you don't have to look like them but you better love them the Bible 
Bible says they don't even have to believe like you they just gotta be around you and you shall love them and I know some of you are wondering well then please describe this love the word love in this text is the word agapeo is where we get the word agape which is unconditional love which is the kind of love that is without conditions but this is the part I like sister Mary it means I especially and particularly love you when you are at your worst God I feel good find somebody with a green wristband and grab them by the hand and shame real love is when I love you when you're at your worst when you're at your bottom when you ain't got no money when you have no friends I love you and that could pull you out of your mess that could pull you out of whatever you're dealing with first John 4 and 8 says it like this that love ain't a feeling y'all it ain't even a strong passion love is a person John 4 and 8 says he that loveth does not love doesn't know God for God is love yes sir God is love point your finger in somebody and say neighbor God is love that's who he is love is the isness of God love is the way of God love is the manner of God love is the nature of God and if you don't know it you don't know him but look at somebody one more time and say I can love you because I know God and I experience his love I'm trying to close and hopefully brother Dale I won't be charged for sounding corny and sounding soft but what the world needs now is love yes sir what the world needs right now is not just a vaccination we need love a love injection we need love a love remedy we need love not a fourteen hundred dollar stimulus check look at your neighbor and say neighbor you're looking for a stimmy look for his love we need a love stimulus yes sir we need a love package we need the love and the love of God but unfortunately Pastor Sabrina we got too many people that want our love they love power but they don't comprehend the power of love they love power but don't understand the power of what love can do love can wash away all of our sins love can put us at odds but we won't stay that way 
because we love each other love will prevail above our ism above our schism love somebody wrap back and say love covers all yes sir we got a generation who loves power but don't love love but the bible says in first peter 4 chapter number eight and above all things having fervent charity among yourselves for charity covers a multitude of your sins which means love covers us i know you're supposed to say six feet apart but do me a favor put your arms around somebody who will feel comfortable and say i'll cover you because i love you i know you don't understand it but i'll cover you because i love you won't let the devil get you because i love you don't want to see you cry because i love you don't want to see you bad because i love you i love you the way the bible says it how does the bible say it john 15 that's number 13 it says greater love greater love has no man than this that he laid down his life for his friends love is sacrificial love gives up itself for somebody else and the bible says love your neighbor love your neighbor love your brother love your sister the reason why you're mean and nasty because you ain't got no love the reason why you're as mean as a junkyard dog because you ain't got no love but my prayer is that today you begin to experience the transformative power of god his love shout yes shout yes i'm closing going to my seats but first corinthians 13 says if i speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy but don't love i'm nothing but a crackling rusty gates if i speak god's word with power and reveal his mysteries if i cause the mountain to jump into the sea but don't have love i'm absolutely nothing if i give my possessions back to the poor and if i even get my body to be burned but don't have love i've got nowhere so no matter what i say or what i believe i'm bankrupt without love because love never fails love never gives up i ain't got no church here love cares more for other people than itself love doesn't want what it don't have love don't strut love doesn't have a swelled head love don't force itself on other people love it's not always me first love don't fly off the handle love don't keep score 
Love don't reveal when others fall. Love don't take pleasure in other people falling, but takes pleasure in the truth. Love, I said, love puts up with anything. Love, love, just go all the time. Love always looks out for others. Do me a favor, tell somebody if you love me, show it. If you love God, show it. When I was in school as a little boy, they always say, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, spin around. But I, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, understood like a child. But when I became a grown man, I put away childish things. But I grabbed my nursery school rhyme again. It says, if I love him, clap my hands. If I love God, pat my feet. If I love God and I know it, spin around. Yeah. Can I bring y'all to my kindergarten class? If you love God and you know it, clap your hands. If you love God and you know it, stomp your feet. If you love God and you know it, spin around. Hey, yeah. One more time. If you love God and you know it, clap your hands. If you love God and you know it, stop your feet. If you love God and you know it, spin around. That's real good. That's real nice. But the real test, if you love him, then love me. If you love him, love your brother. If you love him, love your sister. If you love him, love the hell out of him. If you love him, love the demon out. If you love him, love the spirit out. If you love him, love the hatred out. If you love him, love the anger out. If you love him, love the bitter out. If you love him, oh shucks. If you love him, love every day, every hour. Love when you wake up in the morning. Love when you wake up at night. Love anybody, everybody. Say yeah, say yeah. Love, 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 love. Look at somebody and grab them by the hand and say, neighbor, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But, 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 but. 
I gotta get out of here. I said, but, 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 but the master, yeah, of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters he lifted me. Now safe am I. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Shout yeah. Shout yeah. I gotta go. But look at somebody and say, I gotta love you. You found the wrong person. Find somebody else. Point your finger and say, I gotta love you. I don't care how you treat me. I gotta love you. I don't care how you look at me. I gotta love you. Because I'm a recipient of his love. Anybody say yes? I'm closing, Pastor Sabrina. I gotta quit. Get out your seats. Find somebody again and say, I gotta love you. I don't care what you did. I don't care who you are. I don't care about how much money you got. I gotta love you. Everybody say yes. Love. Love. Love, let the demon out. I said, let the demon out. Let the demon out. If your love got power, let the demon out. Let the hell out of him. Point your finger to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm gonna love the hell out of you. Love is what love does, and you can't make me stop loving. I'm through. I'm finished. But anybody is a real love of Jesus in here? I say any real lovers of Jesus in here? If we love him, then we could love our neighbors. And that is nice. That's being kind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Don't say to me what you won't say to your... You ever heard somebody look at you and say, Oh, Look like you lost weight. I found out sometimes some people don't even know how to compliment. They don't even know what to say to people. So you said to me that the last time you saw me, I look fat. That's a real short way of saying I looked swollen and chubby last time you saw me. Oh, you look like you're losing weight. That was supposed to be a compliment? Sometimes it's good just to leave it at, you look nice. Leave it alone. 
But the truth of the matter is because you feel like you need Jenny Cray. And because you feel like you missed the Weight Watchers opportunity. You think all of us is fat because you feel swollen and heavy structured. You're telling your insecurities through your false compliment. Your fake self. Sometimes it's nice to say, oh, I like your outfit. That's it. You know, they always said that babies are supposed to, you know, babies are cute. And babies, you know, just as cute. There was a time I looked in a stroller one time, Pastor Moore. Y'all pray for me. I looked at They lifted up that hood, Alok. And I looked inside that stroller. I want to show you my new baby. They're only three months old. I, they lifted up that hood. I said, whoa. I said, what's, his what's the name? What's the name? Oh, such, so precious. So precious. So precious. Just, just a precious. Precious are babies in the sight of the Lord. Suffer the little children to come out to him and forbidden them not. For such is the kingdom of God. Y'all pray for me. I said, I'm going to be nice. I didn't say nothing. I didn't say nothing. No, that's, that's not the truth. Let me tell you what I really said. I told the mother, I said, teach a baby to smile now. Teach them to smile and be happy. Just smile. Because sometimes a smile makes a difference. A smile can be your best accessory. Some of you got to choose your struggle. You can't be mean and frown. Choose a struggle. At least smile. Give your face a break. Smile. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you experience his love, it's easy for you to love others, even strangers. Love thy neighbor. I'm through. I'm over my time. That's the summary of the whole Bible. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus loved himself, so he gave his life for his friends. What will you do with your love? How do you express your love? Father, it is in the name of Jesus that we pray. For every person in this room not to merely experience your love, but that they may express your love to others. Today, I don't pray for gifts and prophecy.
I don't pray for new houses or cars. I don't even pray for sickness and disease. I pray for the greatest gift, love. Help us to love like you do. Help us to love our friends and even our enemies the way you do. Change us and transform us by your love. Cause us to have the heart of Jesus that we would love everyone we come around and everyone we experience. That when they leave our presence, they have felt the love of God. I want our presence to be transformative to others who have never experienced love or even never heard the words, I love you. Give us the experience so that we may share it with others. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. For the next 30 seconds, would you lift your hands in this room? And I want you to worship. For 30 seconds, we're going to experience the love of God. We're going to experience the love of God. Better love, no greater love than this. Can you worship? Just close your eyes for a moment and just worship him. Just experience his love. Experience how much he loves you. Experience how much he cares. Experience his kindness for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Just for a moment, just inhale right quick and just receive that. Breathe in his love. Hey, manama, shatabahuba, relelebekumsi hadaba. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your love. I thank you for a love injection. I thank you for a love revival. I thank you for a love revolution. Hey, thank you, Jesus for a stimulus package of love that's transformative in Jesus name I receive his love clap your hands if you receive his love today there may be somebody who doesn't know the love of God you have never given him your life because love deserves a response when you receive love you then give love Today we give our life to the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If that's you, I want you to right now, just raise your hand. I want to be saved. I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus. I want to be saved. If you're online, you want to be saved. I want you to just text that in the chat, on the comments. I want to be saved. I want to be saved. Glory to God. If that's you, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Change me. Make me more like you. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. I'm no longer my own. I've been purchased by his blood. I belong to you, Lord. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. Clap your hands for Jesus. He saved somebody. Some son, some daughter, somebody's child just got saved. And I'm grateful unto the Lord that your life is now changed and transformed. I want you to take it a step further. Do us a favor. Just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D. Text the word SAVED to the number 40691. Text the word SAVED to 40691. We want to follow up with you and pray with you. Amen. That you give your life completely unto Jesus Christ, your Lord and your Savior. God bless you. We thank you. Were you blessed today? Amen. 
I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would love for you to do two things. One, subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages. Also, if this message has impacted you, you can click the link in the description and you can give now. We'll connect with you next time on Crowd Ministries Podcast.